This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, episode 138. Well, good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show focused on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books. We talk about everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books. Epic fantasy, urban fantasy, space opera, pure sci-fi, military sci-fi, you name it, we've got it here on the show. So you can expect the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world here on your show. Kicking off things this week, I'll kind of start off as I always do with my author update. I'm still working on two things. Yes, two things. The edit of the new Extreme Medical Services book, number eight in the series, is taking a little longer than expected. I've had to do some more rewriting than I had intended to do, Um, but I want to get it just the way I want it and to get it right for the readers. So um, please bear with me on that. Also, I've continued to start on the first draft for my work in the new Accidental Champion book, number four in that series. Don't worry, I can multitask with the best of them, and I'm uh, dividing up my time every day to do that. You can uh, check out more information on what I'm up to, including sneak peeks at upcoming covers, uh, excerpts from books, special giveaways, and a lot more. Just visit my fan group over on Facebook, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. Uh, We have a lot of fun over there. We don't just talk about my books. We talk about everything to do with fantasy over there. So uh, check it out over there on Facebook. And of course, you can also check out my website and blog, jamiedavisbooks.com. And uh, all my books and various series are listed over there. I look forward to hearing from you, though, so uh, reach out to me and check in. It's always great to hear from folks who listen to the podcast or are fun fantasy readers themselves. Joining us this week on the show is Petey Oliva. Uh, Petey is an alternative fiction author. His novels cross genres, blending mystery, conspiracy, psychology, and action with horror and dystopian science fiction. Alternative fiction is PD's attempt at describing what readers uncover in any of his books, a new discovery towards mainstream storytelling. He's been writing since childhood, creating and developing stories with brash and impactful concepts that he would describe to be metaphors for the shifting energies that exist in the universe. P.D. exists inside his own universe, working diligently on The Rose, Volume 2, an exceptional horror novel in and of itself, plus some other things. Uh, Be prepared for Gollum, P.D.'s upcoming horror thriller that'll be coming out soon. Uh, But here's my chat with P.D. Oliva. Uh, You'll enjoy this. We had a great time chatting about his books, his writing, and his background. So here we go. Hi, PD. Welcome to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. It's great to have you on the show today. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the readers in our audience. Okay. All right. So I am a sci-fi and horror author, writer, and I have a new dystopian sci-fi thriller coming out. It's a new series called The Rose Volume 1. And a few other horror novels um, in the works as well. One called Gollum, another one called Jiggly Spot and the Zero Intellect. And I have five books published at the moment. 
ranging anywhere from psych thrillers to actually, I'm also a hypnotist and a behavioral therapist. So I wrote a nonfiction book, which is called Let Your Soul Evolve. And I wrote that with a few other philosophers and therapists. And it is a philosophical book, but it's also a self-help book. So that's one. And then I also wrote a kind of like a family saga. It's called A Billion Tiny Moments in Time. A little bit metaphysical on that one. And then Twisted Tales of Deceit, which is a collection of three stories, two short stories, one novelette. And that novelette is called Knickerbocker. And it's actually a reimagining of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Takes place in modern times when all the characters are recovering addicts and they're all employees as teachers at the prestigious Sleepy Hollow Private School. And then I have another kind of like a dark literature, dark, um, dark fantasy called Presenting the Marriage of Kellyanne and Jerry Denimer. And that is, hmm, let's see, that's kind of book two in a series that I call Beyond the Chamber Door. Twisted Tales of Deceit is the first book in there. So that's kind of like my horror series that I got going on and presenting the marriage of Kellyanne and Jerry Denimer is hmm, let's see it is about a New York socialite who's going through a hard time he has a family he's been a actor for a considerable period of time um, but going through a hard time and he winds up committing suicide but his suicide is thwarted by a voice in his smart tv that pulls him into an alternate dimension to stop his suicide, and he has to go through, it's kind of like a devil and Tom Walker type of thing. So he has to go through all the stuff from his past and kind of rectify his past and come to terms with it and then move on in actual real life. Got quite a bit there, and that's, that's great. Um, lots to explore. Um, and, and I'm curious, you know, I, I'm always intrigued by horror authors because, that is, you know, just something not my cup of tea. I mean, my brand is fun fantasy reads. So um, there's not a lot of, I get a little dark in a couple of places in a couple of my books and people react to that. And so um, yeah. I just, I just don't have the horror gene in me, I guess. So my question for you is, what is it about writing horror novels that, and stories that you would call horror that, draws you to that genre let's see hmm many things many things so i've been watching horror movies and reading horror books since i was a young child horror movies too my um when the vcr came out do you remember when the vcr came out so all those b movies started coming out my dad loved those b movies so i started watching horror probably about six seven years old and I've just been hooked ever since. I love getting into the, the depths of darkness of the human soul and how far that can go in everyday life. You know, writing a horror novel is like cut off, your, uh, cut off your skull and pull your brain out and just let all the demons just come out, just jump out and do whatever they want. It's, it's really satisfying. But you go back and just look back in literature. I mean, horror is all over the place. It's all there, you know. I mean, go back to Edgar Allan Poe. Go to go to Paradise Lost. You know, that that's a horror book right there. So it's I love the darkness of the human soul. Put it that way. It's it's great. You know, I I grew up around Baltimore, and uh, so Poe is a nice. huge influence here. And 
I remember waiting till the last minute to read the telltale heart. And, um, I sat up in bed at like 11 o'clock at night in my room reading telltale heart for an English lit class and was just horrified. I mean, I could not. So sleep. good. Yeah. yeah so good. good. Stuff. Um, like a and, heart enveloped and, in cotton, you know, boom, 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 boom. You could hear yeah. that. Um, you yeah. hear that heartbeat, the whole, the whole story, you know, it's excellent. Edgar Allan Poe is, I mean, he's a genius. He's a madman genius, but Great. Absolutely, Absolutely great. And and, and it, it's interesting because he really, you know, it, the horror in his story so often comes from within. And, and yes. so and and it's it's it comes from within the characters. And therefore, it's so easy for you to conjure it up within yourself, which always sometimes I think bothers me because it's like, what, does, do these things live within all of us? Yeah, that dark part. I believe so. I mean, I definitely have um, one hell of a dark side going on with me as well. Uh, thank God I do a lot of meditation, you know, to um, keep myself a nice, peaceful person. So, but that dark heart does exist inside all of us. It's which beast do you feed? That's the question. You know, are you going to feed the beast that's that's horror and darkness and go down that path? Are you going to, say, use that darkness for your benefit, for ambition and drive and success? That's, that's a good question. But then keep your, keep your focus on staying in the light. Well, I guess it's a choice every human being needs to make. And I guess books aren't novels that, that people write, like yourself, are, give people a way to explore that side of themselves without actually having to, you know, commit a crime or, or go down That's that right. dark road. That's funny that you said that. I wrote, um, it was a blog for Kendall Reviews, a website called Kendall Reviews. They're all about horror. And he asked me to write a blog. And the, the title was, Why Do You Write Horror? And the first line in that blog that I wrote, I write horror because I can't kill people in real life. So that allows me to get that, get that, darkness out of my soul which is just a joke i'm not going to kill anyone but it's kind of true it allows you to get in there read a book you know get through all that and it's nice and safe you put the book down and then you go about your life in a nice happy and joyful place yeah i wonder often nowadays you know with with kindles you know, it used to be you could tell what somebody was reading most of the time because the cover was right yeah. there for everyone to see. But now that a lot of folks are reading on, e, you know, e-reader devices, um, I remember um, my wife just plowing through the the um, Fifty Shades of Grey series and, you know, loving it because nobody knew what she was reading. She's like, I don't have to worry yeah. about people knowing I read something like that. And, and um, she's like, I never would have read it if I had to have the cover showing when I was, you know, out and about or doing things. That's um, too funny. So I think it gives us the, the ability to, to explore things even more uh, without having to uh, show our demons. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Kindle, uh, I mean, talk about a great invention, right? Especially for us writers. It's been awesome. Absolutely. So let's Kinda talk a little bit about the, the Rose. Field. Why don't you tell, tell me a little bit about the genesis of uh, this series? All right. So the Rose volume one, I've been um, planning this series for a long period of time. It's part of when I grew up, I read a lot of the old pulp fiction magazines, you know, weird tales, um, amazing stories, stuff like that. My dad had old boxes 
that were just filled with uh, Pulp Fiction magazines. So I really got hooked into the escapist type of literature. And then, I mean, when I was a kid, Star Wars was everything. You know, everybody loved Star Wars, especially, you know, the original came out and then Empire Strikes Back and, you know, no, I am your father, Darth Vader thing, just catapulted everything. I think it was six when... um, Six or seven when Empire Strikes Back came out. So I've always loved sci-fi. You know, absolutely love sci-fi, escapist literature. And I had an idea. The Rose actually started as an idea for three different books. Um, the first was just a, a hardcore sci-fi out in outer space. And that's where I got – there was – the main character in the book, his name is Phil, and he's using a martial arts practice called the Blades, which is kind of like a, it's Kobudu Tanfa. All right, so if anybody knows karate, what that is, it's martial arts with weaponry. And if you think of a police baton, and they're holding the baton, so they got a handle in their hand, and then the baton goes around, goes down the forearm, and it's made of wood. But in that story, the original story, I had changed that up and I made it a blade. So it's kind of like a sword on your hand. It's attached to your just above the elbow and then to the wrist as well. So that's the weaponry that he's using. And I had that weaponry in that original book that I had been plotting. And then I also had a book, which is a kind of it's a. Uh, dystopian it was getting towards dystopian but it started off with like the beginning of world war three and how world war three would happen and that book featured a character called robin winter so that's the second book (laughs) that kind of launched this and then the third book is a book that i am writing and will continue to write it's called the indigo trials and that is a dystopian book kind of the same premise alien vampires and so i kind of said all right Let's combine these three books. That's what I wanted to do. So it came out when I was writing Indigo Trials, I needed to get a superpower. And I'm big into like philosophical, spiritual practices, one of which is alchemy. And one of the my alchemy teachers gave me a meditation called the Rose. It's called the Rose Meditation. And when the whole purpose of it is for protection, you know, there's what we call energy vampires out there that kind of suck the energy out of you. And this rose meditation is protection for things like that, like energy vampires. And I kind of upped it. All right. So I needed a superpower. I thought that was really cool because it provides protection, but I needed to make it a little bit cooler for my sci-fi little brain that I got going on there. So I upped it. So not only is it for protection, but you could also move objects with your mind, suspend gravity, and then change the chemical structure of anything that is within your your sphere. All right. So your your astral projection, your your ethereal plane. You could change chemical structure of anything that's within there. And I'm like, all right. So that that's a cool superpower. So let me. I wanted to write a short story, and that's how this book, this first book, first started. It was a short story, and then it just kept going. It's like the characters wanted this story to be told, and it just kept moving, and then went from a short story of about 5,000 words, kept moving. The next thing I knew it was 20,000, and then 40,000. I'm like, all right, we're going full book here, and it ended up being 95,000 words, and now I have volume two to tell the whole story. That's kind of like the genesis of how this book, this first book, came about. And then, so volume two will come out, and then the Indigo Trials will come out. 
that'll be kind of like its own series, but connected to this, and it'll take place about 10 years after the Rose Volume 2 is done. It's funny how um, a small story or an inkling of an idea grows yeah. into, you know, a multi-volume series like that. Right. Um, as, you can t- as you start exploring the, the genesis of the story in your mind and start putting the words down on paper, you find out how expansive it really is. That you do. You definitely do. It's the characters. It's, they're, they're their own people. They want their story to be told. They're like, we, we don't want to be just a short story. We want full-length novel here. You know? So they just keep pressing. And um, it, it just kept coming. Alien vampires, gray aliens, and a hell of a lot of surprises, too. And the, the blades, the action scenes, probably my best thing I've ever written because it was so much fun. You know, I used to, um, I've never really written action scenes in my previous books before, so I had to, I did a lot of research on writing action scenes, you know, we're writers and that's what we're supposed to do. But I also used Led Zeppelin's Cashmere and Pink Floyd, Shine On You Crazy Diamond, as kind of like to get the juices flowing before any action scene or battle is about to happen. I had to get the, the juices flowing, get that energy moving, and just see it in my head. And then, boom, you know, sit down and write. Get it done. And th- that was just is so much fun. It's definitely escapist literature. You get into this book. It's like even when I'm editing or was editing the book, like I would just start getting so engrossed in the story because I'm waiting to know what's about to happen. And those action scenes are just awesome. And those alien vampires are, are definitely different characters than I think most people are expecting. Let's put it that way. Because they're, they're sophisticated. And I think that's the main thing. They're sophisticated. They're highly intelligent. But they're also, I mean, they're primal. They're alien vampires. And they're genetic hybrids between draconian reptiles all right so reptilian aliens and cobra snakes which is what makes them want need blood and bite and stuff like that so definitely um definitely very interesting characters wow and you know it's funny you talked about the 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 use of music to uh get the juices flowing as you said it's Something I do a lot of times, um, I have always have a writing playlist for a book I'm working on. But then when certain types of scenes, especially action scenes, there's, there's stuff yeah. I tend to shift to. Depending on the setting, um, I, I'll have a separate playlist for writing the action sequences because you're right. I mean, there's something about having the right yeah. music in the background. I think it's because we're just all raised around the cinematic effect of television and movies that we expect the soundtrack. <laughs> Yes, agreed, 100%. 100%. That music kicks up, and um, you know what's coming. So yeah, it's all about cinema. When um, when you're writing the, the story, you know, when you're writing those action scenes, you're picturing it in your head as it is. It is a movie. You know, you're right there. You're in the action. You're that. You're a referee in like an MMA fight. You're right there. You. you you hear the punches, you hear the blows, you, you, you feel the pain, you know, you, you sm- smell and taste the sweat. It's, it's just awesome. It's definitely, uh, definitely a good time, put it that way. Well, and there has, to be, there has to be risk involved, right? I mean, for your main character, yes. you know, for the reader, they have to have some understanding or some feeling. I, I, whenever a fight happens, I always say, well, okay, 
people will say, oh, the hero's got to got to survive. Well, there's a whole lot of different types of survival and some survival, you know, that that Pyrrhic victory that is not necessarily all that victorious. Um, and, and I think that that's that's something that when you write a good action sequence, there is risk and you, you bring that reader into that danger. That's right. That is a definite fact. And <laughs> for, for me personally, when I, um, when I watch movies, I'm a villain, you know, I love the villain, especially, I mean, I look back, look at, um, Hannibal Lecter, you know, uh, even go to Heath Ledger's Joker. I, I love a good villain. And I don't mind if a villain is winning that battle either. So kind of throw it in there and see what happens. But sometimes the hero needs to lose, kind of like life is, you know. But obviously our hero always gets up. That's why they're the hero, right? Well, and that's that's the lesson, right, is uh, even when our life's villains beat us at even temporarily, it's, it's, the, it's the getting back up that makes life keep going and 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 i think that that's that's the lesson you know that we try to at least i try to portray in heroes is that you know the hero isn't isn't doing what they're doing because they lack fear it's because they they recognize their fear and they continue anyway um you know and and i just think that's something that's important to to portray because I think that it can give people the, the ability to move forward themselves when they have fear for something. Fact. Agreed. So how do you like to reach out to people? I mean, nowadays you can't go to conferences, you can't go to, um, you know, yeah. events and si- book signings and stuff. Um, so what, what's a good way for folks to uh, track you down online and, and find out more about what you're working on? Sure, definitely. I'm, I mean, I'm all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mainly, um, BookBub, Goodreads as well. But also go to my website, pdoliva.com, and sign up for my newsletter. My newsletter, I love doing the newsletter. I have a lot of fun with it. And you kind of get more of a personal touch with the newsletter. So I would say that's definitely the best way to do it. Or just Find me on Facebook, P.D. Oliva Author. Type that in, and you will definitely find me. Excellent. Well, P.D., it, it's been great chatting with you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking. I'm sure a lot of people who like horror stuff are going to be looking forward to reading um, your your books and this uh, the story in that you've been describing in the Rose seems uh, very interesting with the the you know, the, the depth of different things you had to look into and, and working on action sequences and things like that. Uh, sounds like a, a great action tale for folks to kind of dig into. And that will be out by the time this episode is released. So um, it should be there That's for right. folks and there'll be a link in the show notes to get to it. Awesome. Yeah. It releases October 7th and ebook paperback and hardcover. I'm a hardcover guy. So I had to, I had to get hardcovers out there. So all those formats. 100%. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Good chatting with you. Good chatting with you too, PD. And um, we'll, we'll definitely make sure folks know where to find your books. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Jamie.
And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I hope you'll catch up with us for a whole lot more from the whole fantasy and sci-fi focus community, which you can find over on Facebook in their Facebook group. A very active group over there, so check it out. Also over at fantasy-focus.com. Leave a comment on this episode. Let me know what's on your mind. Also on the website, on each podcast episode post, you'll find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite mobile app for iOS, Android, or even by email. Make sure to do that so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. We have some pretty awesome authors scheduled in the next few months, and you won't want to miss them as we round out the year, uh, which is our second year here on the podcast. And really exciting that we've been able to interview um, over 100 authors on the show um, just, just a lot of fun for me uh, as well. That's it, though. Uh, we wrap up this episode of the uh, Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I want to thank all of you for joining me. I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to check out my Facebook group, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers, and, of course, my website, jamiedavisbooks.com. And if you're over at my website, on the right-hand side, you can actually get a free book. Um, just sign up for my newsletter and download the book and enjoy it. I hope you do. Whatever, though, um, to subscribe. Come back here for the next podcast. And in the meantime, don't forget to keep your eyes open, folks. There's magic all around you. <laughs>